Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy, and we've hit double digits. This is episode number 10. And today's guest on this episode, he's a friend, he's a mentor, he's a leader, and I'm so excited to get into the interview. But you know, there's always a few things I have to go over before we head right into the interview. First, I wanna say thank you to everyone who supports the show. This is the best of the best podcast, and the reason is I have the best of the best listeners. That's the reason this is the best of the best podcast. So thank you to everyone who's been subscribing, leaving five-star reviews for the show, sharing it on social media. If you want to find the show on social media, you can find it with the username at TBOTBpod or on all social media platforms, and you can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. But before I get into this interview, I want to tell everyone, as I always do, that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now, the time, the moment you've all been waiting for on today's episode, he truly is the best of the best. He has actually changed my life, and I'll talk about that a little bit during the interview and how he's changed my life. Like I said, he's like family to me. He's one of the most motivated people I know. He's a leader because he leads other people into success. So today's guest is Jeremy DeSantis, and he is a training manager, a bodybuilding competitor. He's a bodybuilding coach. He's transformed people's lives. Like I said, he's had them win competitions right off the bat. And he knows what he's talking about. Maybe you don't want to be a bodybuilder. Maybe you just want to get in shape. You just want to gain some muscle. You just want to lose some weight. He knows about all these things. So don't be fearful when I say he's a bodybuilding coach and you're like, oh, I don't, that's not what I want. He knows about all these things. I'm not a bodybuilder, nor do I want to be, but he's transformed my life and got me looking how I want to look, eating how I want to eat, and feeling great overall. So let's welcome Jeremy to the podcast. I know you and I have been waiting a long time for this moment. So what's been going on? How are you? Hey, Maverick. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here, and I love the energy w with this opening here. So this is uh, something that I've been looking forward to, and I uh, can't wait to talk about the questions you have. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be another great show. I feel like I always say that, yeah, it's going to be a great show whenever the guest says, thank you for having me on. But I truly mean that every time I say it. So I know that I know you very personally. We're very close friends, but the listeners don't. And I want them to have that relationship, at least an initial relationship. So maybe if they want to reach out to you after the show, if they want to come to you for advice, if they want to hire you, whatever it may be, I want them to have some background info on you. So where did you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Sterling Heights, Michigan. Uh, I went to Henry Ford High School. For me, it wasn't, I wasn't into nutrition. Um, both my parents didn't really know anything about it. And uh, it was something that I had some, you know, stomach issues and small health issues when I was growing up that kind of pushed me into health, um, asking questions, you know, like, how can I be a more optimal person? How can I feel better? And it was not necessarily about the muscle at the time. It was about, you know, sports performance. Uh, I played basketball, football, and track. And uh, that's what originally pushed me into it. And uh, after, you know, learning on my own through some trial and error and see what was working, I, I knew other people around me were feeling better than me. And I just wanted to feel, you know, either just like them or even more optimal. 
So that's originally how I got into, um, you know, nutrition, sports nutrition, and then, you know, down the road, coaching into bodybuilding and then furthering into fitness in the program. So, so you said you started really getting into this fitness world when you were in high school. So would you say you started working out heavily when you were in high school? Yeah. Yeah. I was always the kid in the weight room. Um, I was always the kid that, you know, in practice, I was going 150%. You know, the work ethic was always there. I wanted to make sure that I was getting better at a rate that no one could catch me. And uh, I grew up with an older brother, so that competitive edge, he was always bigger than me, he was older than me. So I always felt like I was on the heels of somebody else. So I, I kept having to push really hard um, in those moments to, you know, I wasn't necessarily the most talented, um, but I knew I worked the hardest. And eventually in the long stretch of things, I did pass up everybody who took breaks. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad you brought up about the importance of working hard and where it's got you today. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the interview. And the last sort of background question is when did you know that you wanted to make this your career? You wanted to have a career out of transforming other people's lives, transforming your own life, being a bodybuilder, going to these competitions, dedicating six, eight months to number one, the show prep. And then number two, I know you're a few weeks out from some from some shows and you sort of we went out to dinner last night and I felt bad because I had a plate of fries in front of me and he's like looking at them I'm like hiding that I don't want him to see throwing them behind me but so <laughs> when did you know that you wanted to make this your passion yeah that's actually a really good question um, and I guess the answer to that is I never really knew that this was going to be the career path because, you know, when I was younger, it really wasn't a career path yet. The sport has grown a lot since then. There's new opportunities in the fitness industry, but it was more of a hobby. Uh, you know, back then, you know, a lot of people were like, I want to be an engineer or I want to be a doctor or I want to do these things. And if someone would say, you know, I want to be a bodybuilding coach, they would, they didn't really know what that was and they didn't know if that was lucrative or not. But if you really love something and people understand that, they'll see that in you. Um, that passion and you can really make whatever your dreams and goals are, you know, your career and passion um, later. So I think that originally getting into it, it was just training some of the athletes that I was on the football team with or basketball team with in the gym or even in the gym class. And they would work out with me. And I really, really, really loved helping people. I think that was the number one reason why, you know, helping them lose weight or get in shape. You know, I didn't necessarily know about the nutrition outlines back then, but I knew a lot about fitness. Um, so they would train with me and, and I loved the grind. I love, you know, the consistency um, of pushing yourself and you knowing you got to wake up the next day and you have to pay your dues, you know, every single day to get the result that you want. And it originally started like that. Uh, and after I had a couple transformations of people, you know, in high school and then in college, I was like, I can do this. It originally started out, you know, thinking like, okay, I need to figure out these regimented programs and nutrition programs and stuff. But actually, when you want to change someone's life, you have to change their habits and routines first. Um, if you don't do that, then there's no way that the, the application, you know, of consistency, um, waking up, you know, eating the right foods, making better food choices, you know, choices that are for performance and not pleasure is really what the end result counts, you know, if you're going to be doing something for an optimal performance or goal at the end. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, but that's how you changed my life, right? I came to you. I yep. literally found Jeremy. This is a crazy story. <laughs> I was a senior. At, no, it was the summer of my senior year of high school. So I was going to Michigan State University, which if you're not familiar with where it is, it's in the East Lansing, Michigan, which is right outside. I was going to say it's in the capital city of Michigan, but it's East Lansing. So I pick up the phone. I say, I know. Shout out to Lance. He's like a brother to me. If you know me, you know that Lance is a very big part of my life. Lance had gotten me into working out, gotten me into sort of wanting to be in the gym every day, sort of motivating me. So he definitely should have a lot of credibility when it comes to 
me working out and transitioning my body. But long story short, I see powerhouse gym. I'm like, boom, I want a trainer. I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello, my name is Maverick Levy. I'm going to be coming to Michigan State in a few months. I want to start training with someone three to four days a week. Next thing you know, Jeremy was the one that picked up the phone. We're talking. He's like, actually, I never really pick up the phone, but I just was standing here. So I picked it up. And he's like, my name's Jeremy DeSantis, and I'm going to whatever I could train you. And so I'm like, okay, let me call you back. What's your Instagram? Because I wanted to see what he looked like. <laughs> so I look up his Instagram, and I see he's like this super jacked guy, bodybuilder. I'm like, hell yeah, like let's get this going. <laughs> so I exit out of Instagram, pick up the phone, call him back up, and I'm like, all right, let's do this thing. And I think this was like, what was that? Yeah, so actually, let's rewind that a little bit. He said, uh, you know, I'll give you a call back in about... 20 minutes um, you know what's your Instagram I'll take a look at you you know and if I like you I'll call you back you know fast forward about a minute and 30 seconds we got a phone call back I answered again and I said you know hi Maverick how you doing and he's like okay like I would like to get started and uh, I was like okay do you have an idea of how many you know sessions you would like to buy or anything like that and uh, he goes well what package do we have and so I said our 48 packages and if you know anything about personal training that's a very very big package especially to do over the phone he's never actually met me in person before nor have I met him and uh, he said, you know what, let's commit to it. Something about the destiny and that, how it felt right, you know, just us in our conversation, that's how it went. And, and then his first day of school, he rolled in and we started from there and the rest is history, man. You become one of my best friends and, you know, part of my family, I feel like, so. Thank you for the kind words yeah. and you know I feel the same and we'll be brothers for life. And I just want to tell the listeners before we get into it, and I know this is sort of a long intro and it's sort of not how I do the show, but it's very important because I've had a personal experience working with Jeremy and that's how I know that I trust him to come on the show and to give you all advice because as you guys know or girls know that everyone that comes on the show I make sure that they know what they're talking about that they truly are not a scammer and that they are the real deal they are the best of the best and I walked into Jeremy and I think my lowest weigh-in was like 128 yeah, or something. Eight, 28 or 29. Yeah, so. 129. And today I weigh like right under 160 yep. and still less than 10% body fat. Yep. And during quarantine, Jeremy and I were literally doing FaceTime workout sessions with whatever equipment I like makeshifted in my basement last yep. minute. And he has transformed my life. And I will tell you all, and we'll get into it, the biggest part was my eating. I was working out as hard as I wanted to. Jeremy was pushing me every day. I'm sweating my ass off. I can't move the next day. I can't fucking <laughs> sit on the toilet the next day. My legs hurt. But he showed me that you can work out all you want. This is what he's saying. You can work out all you want, Maverick. But if you're not eating right, if you're not getting your protein, carbs, if you're not intaking all this food into your body, the workout is useless. So I was like, Holy shit, I never really realized that. And on the other hand, in my mind, as I talked about Lance, I see Lance eats chicken, sweet potatoes, and I never really like put two and two together until that moment where I was like, I need to be doing this if I want my body to look how I want it to look. So let's start off this. Let's get into it. Let's start it off how we always do with our training sessions, and let's just boom, get into it. Let's no, jump like, in. Let's do it. <laughs> no BS so and let's run it. I want to start with the basics. How important would you say a person's physical health is in their life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, physical health, your state of, you know, optimization in terms of, you know, your cognitive ability and also your physical ability is the most important thing. And I think trying to explain that to people is um, super hard if they've never experienced it, right? So if they've went through a lifetime, 
of you know poor nutrition making and stuff like this they've never really felt optimal um, and and to explain that you know you're gonna feel better better is a, is a relative term right so better to me may not be better to somebody else but and vice versa but if they've never experienced you know a healthier way or, or a healthier being then it's hard to explain to someone how important or what you're missing on you know in terms of how you feel every day um, in the long term so I think it's the most important thing you know money will come and go your health, once it's gone, is something that you beg for to have back. So preventative health care, you know, in, in terms of, you know, keeping your body in an optimal state, in a healthy state, is the number one thing that you could do for yourself. And I feel a million times better. So you're absolutely right. I feel better when I look in the mirror. My confidence is up knowing that I'm looking how I want to look. But how important would you say or where would the first place a person should start when they either want to lose weight, gain muscle, or even both? Where should they start besides getting a membership to a gym? Yeah, I think the next thing you can do after getting a membership to a gym, most gyms have an included hour um, with the trainer that you can sit down with them and pick their brain. Whether you're going to get a package with that trainer or not, use that hour wisely. You know, if you are pretty versed into training, talk to them about nutrition. Um, and if you're very versed in nutrition, talk to them about training. You know, find the holes of where you think you need the most help and fill in those holes. That's definitely the most important part. Now, I want to start off with, we'll go into weightlifting and nutrition, but I want to start off with some questions about weight loss. Mm -hmm. It's nothing that thank God. And I, you know what? I don't want to say thank God, but it's nothing that I've ever had to deal with is losing weight. I've always been, on the other hand, people say like, oh, I was the fat kid or I was that. I was always the scrawny ass kid in school where people would say my arms look like toothpicks. So I experienced the other end of that. And I always hated that. And maybe yeah. what that's why the drive in my body to look like how I want to look and how I do now, maybe that's where it came from. But I was always getting picked on in school for being that skinny kid. So, but we'll get into all that stuff, but let's talk about weight loss mm -hmm. questions. I know when we train, you stress over, over again, you know, how important it is to make sure that you're staying on track in terms of what you're doing, right? In terms of what you're actually doing in the gym. And you're, if you're trying to lose weight, you're not just going and lifting weights. Where, where would you say for a person that's wanting to lose weight, where should they start? Yeah, the starting thing is probably the most important. Obviously, you know, in most training programs or when people get into their, you know, fitness regimen or routine, they usually quit after the third month. And the reason for that is they've tried to change too many things in their life too quickly. And so if you go in and you try to change too many things at the same time, it's a constant reminder of the change in your life. You're eventually going to stop that stimulus from happening. So you're going to stop those things that you've been running from, you know, like the healthier nutrition and the training. And if you do too many things at once, you're not going to want to continue that. So the best place to start is start with breakfast or start with lunch, start with your first meal, optimize that one meal. And then when you can master that and be consistent with it every day, um, the next one you start on the second meal. So one step at a time. This isn't a jump in the pool technique. You don't want to change too many things because it'll be too apparent in your everyday life. How often should they be working out if they're trying to achieve a weight loss? You know, they set a goal. And I would always say, and I'm sure you would say, set a goal as to where you want to be at a certain date so you can push yourself and motivate yourself to get there. But how often should a person actually be, you know, working out in the gym what would you say? Yeah, so frequency in the gym is super important. That's a very good question. I always say three to remain the same and four to change your body. If you can get up to five days, that is definitely going to be optimal. And then eventually for the experienced lifters, six days a week is going to be what you're going to need. Um, you're always going to need at least one rest day. You got to give your body a break. You can work on mobility or stretching or, you know, some self-love like massage and meditation and stuff like that. Uh, but I would say four is the minimum, four to change. 
So they're in the gym four days a week. And I know you already spoke a little bit about it. What would be the number one workout you would say for a person to do if they are trying to achieve a goal of losing weight? What, should they be on the Stairmaster? Should they be on the elliptical? What would you say? Should they be lifting weights? I don't know. You're the expert. You're the best of the best. Yeah. What would you say? Where should they focus when they are in the gym? Yeah, and that comes with the state of how they come in to see you. Um, if they come from a direct sedentary lifestyle and they haven't been moving much, maybe you know the, it, it always takes two weeks of a program for me to get their body ready for change. Um, so when they come to me at first, you know we're not going to put them through a workout that you know might make them sick or un- super uncomfortable because we have to you have to walk into those things. You cannot just jump in the pool like I said earlier. Um, so I would always start out, you know, if someone was really sedentary, you're going to start out with, you know, some basic things like walking on an incline. Um, and once you can do that, we'll move to an elliptical. We want to make sure that your heart rate is staying at a particular rate, depending on the intensity. Um, and then once your body is ready for that change, you can bump it up and then we can add things to the workout, density to the workout, volume to the workout um, that will help push their body even more. But it's all tapered. So don't go in the first day and do a two-hour workout on your first day and be throwing up in the bathroom. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, it sounds brave and it sounds great on paper. But um, you know, it's in terms of sustainability, things that are you know too unpleasurable, you try to avoid. I mean, that's just human nature. Things that are not a pleasure, you're going to do more, and things that are unpleasurable, you're going to try to avoid. So if you put yourself through that kind of stimulus on the first day. Even if you're like, I know this will get better in the back of your head, it's a daunting thing to come back to that second workout, you know, and you're going to be so sore, you're going to, your body's going to be beat up and then you have to do it again. And is it okay for a person to try and like gain muscle and be lifting weights while they're trying to achieve a weight loss goal? Is that okay to do both? Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to, I always say pick one goal and focus on it. Um, That's the major point. But if someone that's an experienced lifter and has a lot of lean body mass on them, that is completely achievable. Um, But for someone that comes into me directly for weight loss um, and eventually want to change their muscle mass, I would say focus on the weight loss first. And that's going to be the most detrimental to your body. And even with, you know, muscular endurance training, you know, things that like high intensity interval training or, you know, things like, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, these kind of things, it's still going to build muscle mass by moving your own body around. You know, it's not going to be as much as a resistance training profile, but it's going to be significant enough for you to get the adaptations of weight loss and also the additions to muscle mass. Gotcha. Now, since we brought up weightlifting, let's get into it. But before we do, is there anything that you think we didn't touch about weight loss? Because this is, you know, when I make these questions, I use a number of different things, but sometimes I use my own experience. And when I don't have it with the topic, I'm looking to others to help. And it's sort of an awkward topic to ask someone about. So is there anything you think we missed about weight loss that someone should know and is essential? What about anything like that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's some things I definitely want to go over. When I'm talking to people about weight loss, um, you know, regular eating habits and regular sleeping habits are the most important thing. So the most common er- things that I run into people like, well, you know, how are you eating? Are you eating on a schedule? They're like, no, it's completely random. You know, I go out on my lunch break and I go get my meals quickly. Um, and there's no planning involved. If you're not planning for success, everything's going to eventually crumble. You know, you're, you're on a balancing act that, you know, isn't stabilized, doesn't have a solid foundation. So getting into, you know, regular sleeping habits, going to bed around the same time, waking up around the same time, and also eating around the same time. Now, it doesn't have to be on the hour. You know, it's like it's not one of those things that I'll have to eat at nine o'clock and then I have to eat at 12. But if you eat around the same times within an hour of each other every day, your body gets into this relationship of trust and it's going to allow your body to not store the fat because it's getting nutrients regularly. Um, and that's super important for people to understand because if you're not regular with it, let's say you eat, you know, once or twice per day and it's at different times, your body doesn't know when it's going to get its nutrients and it needs it consistently throughout the day. So in order for to keep your energy levels, you know, at an equilibrium, it's going to have to store that energy as fat. You're going to be an energy sponge, right? And that's why people, even though they're under eating, 
still can't lose weight. It's a metabolic damage effect, right? And that's super, super important for people to understand because I know that they're like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only eating one meal a day. I'm only, eating, you know, eight to 1200 calories a day. And, you know, extreme diets on either end, too much food or too little food is something that you have to be in the middle ground in a balance, you know, everything in equilibrium. And also you want to revolve your food around performance. You know, when people talk about the keto diet or the paleo diet, I ask them why they're doing it first. Right. So, and then they try to explain to me, well, you know, I've, I heard you can lose a lot of weight on this. There's other diets that you can lose a lot of weight on, but if for the paleo diet, if someone wants to have more muscle mass or they're an athlete, these diets don't work for them. Carbs are the most readily available energy source for your body. And if you're not optimizing, you know, the readily available energy source, I would compare it to, you know, an, an old fuel injection system in a brand new Ferrari. You know, if you want the Ferrari to optimize, you need the new technology, right? It's the same exact thing. You're not going to put, you know, a fuel source that's not optimal for your body and expect a performance result, right? So for paleo and for keto, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But if you're an athlete or training for performance, you need your carbohydrates based around your training. To sum everything up here, and so we can move on to the next topic, routine is the key. You know, when you get into the routine, your brain loves to categorize things and have a set system. And if you don't have that, there's ambiguity every single day when you wake up, when are you going to eat, what are you going to do, and it kind of puts your body in a sense of chaos. In order for you to be able to, you know, linearly take off weight or change your body or put on muscle, it needs to trust you, like I said earlier, um, and that is the most important thing. Thank you for all of that. And he just threw a lot at you. So if you need to go back and you need to rewind, please feel free to do so. This episode will always be here. But as you can tell, he knows what the fuck he's talking about, right? <laughs> all this stuff, when he throws stuff at me like this, I'm like, listen, we got to write it out because I'm going to go home and then I'm going to do it. You know, necessarily, I want to understand what it means. I try to understand what it means, but most importantly, I just listen to what he says and the results <laughs> show for themselves for that. Yeah, but now let's get into weightlifting, you know, sort of where we started off. Like I said, I was skinny. I gained, what is that? Almost, you know, like 20 pounds, more yeah, than 20 pounds. More than 20 pounds. And that's lean body yeah. mass. So we've kept, actually, you're at a leaner body fat percentage than when you were at the lower mass. So all of that weight was lean body mass and that, that changes the shape. Um, and that also changes how you feel when you look at yourself. You know, I had so to buy important. all new pants. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. that. Yeah, he knows <laughs> that. I literally had to go and buy all new pants. So, yeah. <laughs> but it was a good purchase, not a bad purchase that I was having to move up. Usually people are like, oh, I have to go buy new pants. Uh, no, for me, I was like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> but let's get into it about weightlifting. So I know that when we train together, when I train with Lance, all you do is focus on my form, right? You, you, we could do something where I can lift a 40 pound weight, but you're like, no, let's do a five pound weight and let's focus on your form. I want to make sure your form is everything. Why is that so important? Why is form so important? That's a great question. And uh, the answer to that is that in the bodybuilding terms or in, in the working out terms, I should say, the mind to muscle connection, it's similar to the language that you speak, right? So it's the language that the muscles speak to the brain. And if you can fire that muscle in the isolated way that you want, then you're going to get the optimal result. So if you're, when you come into an exercise and you have a goal for that exercise, let's say it's, you know, a, a tricep dip, for example, and you're focusing on building those triceps, you need to make sure the tricep is mostly firing and not the chest or, you know, the secondary or stability muscle groups. Um, so it's super important to, when you're in that movement, 
to be focused on the muscle and how it's executing or firing to optimize you know, the muscle tearing and then the muscle repair. So that's super important. You know, when we go over form, now it's for safety as well. I mean, obviously there's some, you know, compromising movements and, you know, deadlift, squat, these things are compound movements that could compromise your form and, you know, affect your health. But, you know, once you move on from that, you can start to utilize or optimize that by, you know, understanding the mind-muscle connection and how the muscle fires. Gotcha. And if a person is just starting off in the gym and they don't have the means and the ability to hire like a trainer, like I was blessed with and had the ability to work out with you, to work out with Lance. So I sort of know why form is important. How can someone learn about what the correct form is in the gym and how can they learn what the machines in the gym actually do, how you should be doing the machines? Where would you send a person that say, hey, I don't really have the money available to hire a trainer, but I want to start working out. I want to start getting in shape. I want to start gaining muscle. How can I learn the correct form? How can I learn what machine to use and how to use the machine so I'm not going to, God forbid, injure myself? As we talked about earlier, the utilize that included hour. Most gyms have that. It's, it's our, the personal trainer's way to kind of introduce themselves to the member and utilize that hour. Even if it's all for form, they'll 100% run it over with you and it's for you. It's an hour for you so you can you know plan that how you would like. Um, but if you don't have that available to you, on most machines and most commercial gyms, believe it or not, there's a QR code on the machine. And you're going to scan it over with your phone, and it will open up a link, you know, whether to YouTube or the, uh, the Life Fitness personal page or the Cybex or whatever the equipment is. And it will show you a quick video of how to use the machine. And most people never know about this. They, they I think never it, knew yeah, about they that. They think, think about it as a serial number or, you know, a product number that we use to order the machines, but it's actually for you guys. So most newer equipment gyms have that, and uh, make sure you're looking for that because it will show you the exact execution. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for, again, letting them know that there's another resource out there that they don't have to pay for something like that. Absolutely. And how often should someone be working out and lifting weights if they want to see improvements? Is it the same, like three days to maintain, four days to improve, and five days is unreal? Is that the same thing? Yeah, I would say the rule remains the same. So the frequency of training, it, it remains the same. The style of training, much different. You're doing a resistance or hypertrophy-based style, um, which is going to obviously deal with more you know, load and leverage, right? Resistance training, uh, working with weights versus a, you know, a fat loss style is going to be more high-intensity interval training, steady-state cardio, and also muscular endurance training. You know, moving your body, dips, push-ups, sit-ups, chin-ups, assisted if you need it, those kind of things. And a bounce-off question on that is how much time should a person be spending in a gym on a workout session. I know when I go to the gym without a trainer, I could spend two hours there and you're always like, that's so unnecessary. You don't need to be there for two hours. So how long should a person actually be spending inside of the gym working out? Yeah, and that also depends on that you know style of training. If you're going for a fat loss style and, and you're doing like a high intensity interval training, these keep you moving pretty much the whole time with minimal rest. You can get that done in about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, if you're doing a resistance training style, you need to give your muscles a break because there's lactic acid buildup and that needs to clear. So and you know the optimal time for that is usually one minute for smaller muscle groups and about two minutes for larger muscle groups, things like back, legs, you know the big compound movements, squats, deadlifts, these things. Um, so yeah. So you're going to be wanting to wait. That was a question I had later on, but I'll ask it now since you brought it up. You're going to be wanting to wait in between your workouts if you are lifting weights. You're going to want to wait, what did you say, one to two minutes? Yep, one to two minutes based on you know the muscle group that you're training. The bigger the muscle group, the longer the rest. I don't think you have me wait one to two minutes, man. This is like <laughs> 15 seconds. Of, uh, come on, uh, uh, we had literally. to push you good, man. We got that hour. We had to make the most of it too. So, so what is a rep? And what is a set for people that may not know? Yeah, so a repetition, a rep is a repetition. So that means the number of times you're going to execute an exercise 
in one certain set. Um, so I think that would be your next question, right? What is one set? So yeah. a set is an accumulation of reps that build up until you have either hit failure or you've hit your numbered mark, right? So strength, like a strength-based profile or like a powerlifting profile, they're usually going for a lower rep range to build strength. And then, you know, for a hypertrophy, you know, you're usually trying to go to failure. You're trying to create as much muscle stimulus and as much time under tension as possible um, to execute. And then you rest and then you recover and you do it again. Thank you for that. And so like that would be if I'm doing dumbbell curls, I'm going to do 12 reps on each arms, but I may do that for four sets. So I'm actually doing 12 reps each arms and I'm going to do that four separate times resting in between for an example. That's correct. Yeah, I think that magic set range, you know, sets should always vary between three and five. And if you have access to a gym and a lot of equipment, you should be using a plethora of, of exercises to make sure that you're hitting the muscles on different angles. And what advice would you have for someone that is just starting and wants to gain muscle? What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say do a little bit of your own research before you walk into the gym. You know, there's lots of resources on YouTube that you can follow. There's also, unfortunately, a lot of taboo things in the fitness industry that will mislead you. So the most important thing is, you know, gain a bunch of knowledge on it. You know, maybe watch 20, 30, 40 videos on YouTube or wherever you can. That's a reliable source. And then start forming your own questions. And then once you form those own questions, you can come into the gym. Either you're going to find some people that are maybe more experienced than you, or maybe you can talk to a fitness professional in your gym and start, you know, diagnosing those questions and getting answers to those. How important is it? Like you said, do some research. And when I came to you and I did Lance, you stretch before every workout before and after. How important is it to actually stretch and do those types of activities they may not be you know necessarily lifting weights or getting on the elliptical but you, it's very important and this is why i'm asking them this question because i want you all to realize how important it is but can you explain to them that it's so important to stretch for all of you that haven't met maverick in person uh, his flexibility and mobility is something that we've worked on for a while yeah, um, like you know, an 80 year old pretty, man pretty stiff pretty stiff but it is super important um, if you're not able to execute the range of motion because of your flexibility and mobility usually when you build more muscle that's only going to become more stiff um, so your range of motion is going to become less and less and less and that's your body trying to protect itself but you need to open up those joints the muscles and let them know that that range of motion is okay um, otherwise you are going to have some adaptations that you know might lead to back problems or you know anterior pelvic tilt or some lower back issues as well and hip issues especially that we see the most in, in fitness so and is it okay for someone to be doing the same type of workouts week after week after week or should they be switching it up? Yes, yeah, so that's another great question as well. You're coming up with these. So when you're training, I say a periodization of about three to four months is, is great to have. Um, and then you should switch your routine. Um, and there's many styles of training um, and you can get deep into this. There's things like progressive overload, eccentric training, concentric training, you know, hypertrophy training and these other things. And you need to switch up your periodization because most people stick to a concentric progressive overload style. Um, and what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. That's another great question. So progressive overload means, you know, if you come into the gym on your first week, your goal for the next week is to increase weight. So like about two and a half pounds on each side. And, you know, you try to go to the, the rep range and the set range that you made it to last time, but with an increased weight and that's progressive overload. And then week to week, you're trying to increase your strength. And then obviously a, a bigger muscle is a stronger muscle. That theory is, it, it does work. It's one of the most used in uh, the fitness industry, um, but it's not the only style. And uh, you're going to benefit the most from the thing that you're not doing. That's the thing when I work with clients in the beginning, I'm figuring out what they like to do. And then I'll make them do the things that they're uncomfortable with. And that's the best way to 
to get progress. It's the best way. It's so fucking annoying. I want to <laughs> strangle you when yep. you do it to me. But hate me now, love me later, right? Yeah, and this was something that was happening to me, and I think this is could be you know one of the most important questions I'll ask you about gaining muscle. I was working out, right, and doing this, and I wasn't seeing any improvements in my body, and I think I would blame it on my eating, but what would you say or what advice would you have for someone that is trying to work out? They're trying to gain muscle. They've been doing this for six months, and they've seen no improvements in their body. The biggest thing is you need to sit down with your nutrition. If you've been working out and you feel comfortable in your workouts, you have to be able to fuel your body for its right performance. If you're neglecting the nutrition side, thinking that you can get through fitness, I mean, you're taking 10 steps forward and eight steps back. Um, so, you know, in terms of the progress and the hard work that you're doing inside of the gym, you want to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck. And 100% of the way to do that is to understand, you know, nutrient profiles and how much you should be eating of protein, carbs, and fats, um, which we'll explain a little bit more here in the podcast. It's like you have a magic ball. You have my notes over there? Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could see them, but I don't. But I assume that's what we're going to be coming up you're to right. next. Yeah, so let's move forward and uh, talk about that then. What supplements would you say should someone be taking to support muscle gain or what vitamins should someone take to, you know, maybe this doesn't even apply to just muscle gain. It could apply to weight loss or general overall health. What supplements or vitamins would you say that a person should be taking? This is also a good question. And this pertains to the individual, of course. You know, they have obviously prescription medications they might be taking or, you know, they might be allergic to some things or they might have allergic reactions to certain medications and that can interfere with this. But for the most part, if we're going over general supplementation, um, these are ones that are essential for you in terms of training to keep make sure that your body is optimized and also to fill in the holes where your diet is lacking, right? Supplements is a supplementation, right? We supplement things into our diet to make sure that we fill the holes from what we're missing from our food. Um, and it's important that we understand what a supplement is, right? So we're not using a supplement to be a meal replacement and we're not using a supplement to replace real food. But moving forward into the most essential supplements is definitely a multivitamin. Find one that's right for you. Um, I would definitely start with a smaller potency one, you know, even if you have to start with the children's vitamins to make sure that your body's acquired to it, make sure your stomach's okay with it. And then you can move up to a, an adult dosed vitamin if that's your age and that's what you're pertaining to. But that covers a lot of the gaps in your diet that you're not getting, you know, maybe from your vegetables or the, the nutrient profile that you need. The next best is going to be fish oil, especially if you don't have fish into your diet. Um, Omega-3s is super important. And the American-based diet, we deal a lot with omega-6s, um, and we need to balance that out with omega-3s. And it's good for your joints. It's good for your skin. Um, these things are like super important. And these uh, multivitamin and fish oil, they're relatively inexpensive supplements. And then moving forward, I think the last one that we need to talk about is definitely like a CLA and L-carnitine uh, mix in terms of your training. It just gives an extra boost to calorie burn while you're training um, with no cost, right? So it's not going to, you know, you're not going to be stimmed out of your mind like a pre-workout or anything like that, but it's going to help you burn more calories and help your body utilize the fat storage instead of pulling from muscle for energy. Because if you break down the muscle, you are taking steps back. Yeah, we want to take everything away from not losing our lean body mass and only pulling from the fat mass storage. Thank you for that. And how can someone contact you? We'll say your contact information again later in the show, but you've gone over so much great, great, and I would say vital information for a person. How can someone get in contact with Jeremy? Yeah, so I, the best way, you know, I'm always on social media um, and my Instagram handle is just my name, Jeremy DeSantis. So it'll be in the handle of this podcast, but also my email. So my email is jremzfit at gmail.com. And I'll always be able to get back to you there. 
this is a great way to reach out to me and I'm always on all my socials and on my email getting back. This is what I do for a living. So you'll get a quick response and make sure that you get the attention you need. Thank you. Thank you for that contact info. And you should reach out to him and contact you because knowing Jeremy, he's a very nice guy. If you just have a simple question for you, he's probably just going to answer it for you. He's probably just going to be like, yep, this is what you need to know. Because as you heard, he likes helping people. Now don't abuse that and don't say, oh, I heard you on the podcast. Why aren't you answering me? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you have a simple question or a question here and there, email it to him. I promise you he will answer it and his advice is very beneficial to whatever your long-term goals are. But now let's get into the nutrition part of working out, of keeping a healthy life, of weight loss, whatever it may be, because the nutrition aspect, I worked out so hard, like I said, until I started eating right, that's when I saw the changes in my body. It was nothing more, nothing less than that. I was having great workouts with Lance. When I came to Michigan State, I was having great workouts with you. And then we changed my diet and that changed everything for me, literally everything for me. So let's talk about how important is nutrition when discussing workout? Would you say like there's a percentage that you could say is like the balance between it's 80% nutrition and it's 20% working out or some different variation of that? Yeah, that's a common question I get all the time, but I think they all piggyback off each other. And so you can't really give a percentage to each one. And I think the missing link that most people leave out, right? They talk about, you know, is training 50 and nutrition 50, but what about recovery? You know, what about sleeping? Um, These are all important. So these three combinations together, once they're mastered, you can really change your body the way you want to and optimize it. But all three things have to be, you know, taken care of and make sure that you have attention to those equally. Thank you for that, Jeremy. Now, why is it that a person might think, okay, it's better to eat less meals a day if I'm trying to lose weight. Or if a person's trying to gain weight, I want to eat as much as much as possible. Is Are those two instances always the case? Like you should eat less meals a day if you're trying to lose weight or you should eat as much as possible if you're trying to gain muscle? Yeah, so the answer to that question is it depends on the person you are, right? So if you're a snacker, like a lot of people are, reducing your eating window, the time in which you eat, is going to be the most important thing because it's going to reduce that time where you're sitting in the pantry and snacking on things because you know at certain times of the day it's off limits, right? This is when it comes down to that intermittent fasting word that people like to use. Um, and the reason why that is effective, I would say for non-performance athletes, performance athletes are a little bit different. We'll get to that a little down the road here. But in terms of most weight loss clients, you're closing the eating window. So when people go, you know, I don't eat anything until one o'clock, and that's okay if you don't have any performance things you need to do you know, earlier in your day, if you just go into your job or whatever. Um, it's closing that eating window, and, and it's going to be easier to fulfill satiety, which is you know, the state of being okay with your hunger. And it's, with a smaller eating window, you can add you know, two to three meals in, maybe an eight-hour eating span, and you're going to feel fulfilled. The rest of the windows that you're not eating, you can't eat, right? So you're not going to snack. Mm-hmm. So you have a certain time to eat. That's your time. You can only eat so much in a little amount of time. And then you're going to go to bed and start the day over. So that is effective for some people. But if you're talking about performance, performance is a little bit different, right? So, you you know, in terms of eating windows and things like this, you want to make sure that you're using carbohydrates to optimize around your training to get the most from your performance. And whether a person is trying to gain muscle, lose weight, all of the above, what is the most important thing they should understand about nutrition? I always say don't live in a glass house. And uh, a lot of people, when I say that, you know, and get this question, they don't really know what it means at first, but a lot of people build their nutrition on a basis that it's built on a house of cards, right? So when you get into your nutrition and let's say your trainer gives you a plan and he tells you, I'd like you to follow this, 
give it two to three weeks to be patient because what you don't have yet is the routine. The routine is what's going to keep you sustainable and make it seem that you know, this is sustainable for a long time. And I think the biggest mistake, people are always looking for the quick fix, you know, the fad diet, the I'm going to do this for 60 days, lose this much weight, but what happens after? You're going to gain it right back, right? People need to accept that it's more of a lifestyle. And once you get the lifestyle down in the routine, you know, people always say, oh, it's just a lifestyle, it's a routine, but it really, it truly is. And once you can get through those small steps down that you're doing every single day, that's why I like to be consistent with my diet and nutrition, you can start to understand your body a little bit more. If you're eating random every day, let's say you have a, you know, a stomach response that's not pleasurable, right? You don't necessarily know what that's from. It could have been from what you ate two days ago. It could have been yesterday. But if you're eating consistently, you can start understanding food and how it affects you. And once you reduce the variables, you can start to optimize your nutrition a lot. A hundred percent. Consistency is everything. And the recommendation I would have from a client perspective, know where your next meal is going to come from. Obviously, there's going to be some days where you just don't know where or what you're going to eat. But no, like when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to eat eggs and oatmeal. And if it gets repetitive for you, switch it up every few weeks. But know where your next meal is going to come from because that not knowing makes everything so much harder and you're not going to be as consistent. That's what changed me personally is knowing that I'm going to eat chicken for my next meal or I'm going to have a smoothie right after my workout. And there's no like, oh, I can't make it today or oh, I can't shove it in. Jeremy will know. I've literally came to the gym, walking in the gym with the plate, eating right before I work out because I know that I have to get it all in no matter how I'm going to feel during the workout. That's right. But it's the truth. Now, what is considered clean eating when a person says, or if you say like, make sure you eat clean, or if you want to start eating clean, what does that mean? Yeah. So I think that has, you know, and there's a lot of definitions for that, but I want your perspective on what that would be. Yeah. So clean eating, you know, and what I want to talk about is relationships with food too. So when people think about foods, you know, they can categorize some things and, you know, quote unquote, good or bad foods. And, you know, I don't really agree with that. I think there's Everything within a moderation is fine. And I think that if your weekday and part of your weekends too, are 80 to 90% on to that diet and that consistency, you can enjoy the foods you want and still have the body that you want. It just can't be every day. And that links back to what you were talking about before, knowing what your next meal is. Because if you don't have a plan for your next meal, the emotional bias, how you're feeling, is going to take over and you're going to go for the pleasure. You know, you're going to stop at the fast food. You're going to stop and get a pizza because it's easy. It's convenient. It's quick. It's on your way home, right? So the planning structures is what's going to, you know, set you apart to make sure that you understand, you know, good and bad foods don't really exist once they're in moderation. And is it okay to have a cheat day? Yeah. So, you know, cheat day is what I wouldn't say would be a requirement, but cheat meal or refeed meal or giving yourself, you know, that you having a craving all week and it's been in the back of your mind, you should fulfill that craving. You shouldn't take it away, but you can't fall to that craving every other day or every two days. Um, number one, because it's not going to be that special. Something that you you know do every other day or every two days, you take for granted eventually, and it's, it doesn't even taste the same. And this is a really good example. I'm, you know, I'm three weeks out from my next bodybuilding show, and let's say Maverick came with me, and after the show, we enjoy a burger together. We could be eating the same burger but it's not, I'm enjoying it a whole different way than he's enjoying it, right? Because I kept myself away from it for a certain amount of time. And that concept's also important. You know, refeed meals or cheat meals, you know, should fulfill a craving so you can push another three or four days without that craving sticking out to you again. Gotcha. So it's okay. And I think a lot of people, when they are working out, they're like, oh, I can't eat this or I can't eat that. I wanted you to explain that every once in a while or every sometimes when you have a meal, it's okay to fulfill that. And it's okay to go out of the line a little bit and step out of the box and do that. And yep. we're human. Enjoy 
what you can absolutely. eat and when you can eat it. Just enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. We're sadly coming down to the end of the interview, but I have a few last questions for you. And we'll start with this. And this doesn't have to be a super long answer because we'll get into a little bit. But how important is it that a person can understand the label on the food or the drink that they're reading? I think a lot of the times people don't understand what that means. And what would you say to someone that, you know, educate yourself? Is that something you would say, educate yourself on what you're actually putting into your body? Absolutely. So if you can't read a label on the back um, and you don't understand it or can't digest what it means, you're basically shooting darts in the dark, right? So you're going to be throwing darts at a dartboard that you can't see. There's no balance or there's no tracking to anything that you're doing if you can't start with the label. So because we talked about how important it is for a person to read a label, let's get into how they should actually know what these things mean. And he's going to break it down a little bit for all of you here, but make sure you go and do your research and understand more in depth how these things affect your body and what the differences are. So what's a carbohydrate? Yeah, so a carbohydrate is the most accessible energy source for your body. It's a sugar, right? And when people think about sugars, they automatically have a bad connotation for what it is. But there's different kinds of sugars. And how that sugar is introduced to your body is super important. So simple sugars, you know, these things, they have a purpose. If you're going to be using them for performance, it's a small amount before you're training, and but you want to mix it up. So the glycemic index is something that describes how carbohydrates break down. And you want to mix between short chain and long chain glycemic index carbs so you can get a plethora of energy throughout the day. You don't want only short term because in the immediate effect of training right after that, you're not going to get the initial energy source at a big burst. That's what simple sugars are for. At the other end, you want sustainable energy throughout the day. So you're going to have to have a more complex carbohydrate factored into that. Things like oatmeal or sweet potato or potato or rice. So that'll help you give more equaled and sustainable energy throughout the day. Got it. And I'm just going to run through these. What's protein? Yeah, protein are used in almost every function of your body. These things are important. If you want to build muscle, protein is going to be one of the, the most important staples to your training. So when you're training, you need. I think the recommendation for someone that's new to the gym is about a gram of protein per pound of lean body mass. And that doesn't pertain to anybody. It depends on how much muscle mass you have. But if you're getting at least that much protein, you're going to be on a good track you know, for building muscle. Um, and that's an important one. If you're on a weight loss regimen, it's a little bit different. You should contact your dietitian, your trainer or whatever to discuss those. But the, the calorie balance for building muscle, you need to have a high source of protein. And what about calories? What are those? Calories are what's king, right? So if we break down protein, carbs, and fats, carbs and proteins are four calories per gram. Okay. And then fats are nine. So fats are more dense. So when people say, you know, going back to the question about clean food, right? So people think that things that have a bunch of fat in them are not clean foods, but really it's just because they're more calorically dense. Um, so when you avoid things that have a bunch of fat in them, you're going to be avoiding that nine calorie per gram marker, whether you can you know, substitute that with a protein or a carb carbohydrate, um, that's four calories per gram. So you're getting a little more bang for your buck per se, but there's reasons for all of them. They all have their own individual function. Gotcha. And since you brought up fat, what yeah. is fats and why are there so many different kinds of fats? There's many different kinds of fats and many different kinds of fat sources, but they're utilized. There's a lot of fat soluble hormones in your body, the things that, you know, push sex drive and how you're feeling, you know, in terms of you know, the difference between men and women as well. Um, and these functions are crucial to your body in terms of, you know, hormones are going to dictate how you feel, how you think, what you do, and your performance in the gym as well. So every macronutrient has a balance. If you have to, need to contact someone professionally for that, you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, but getting that balance down is the most important thing. And what about 
fiber. Yeah, fiber is a carbohydrate. So, and fibers are important for GI health. You know, they kind of help slow down the process of digestion. You know, a fiber recommendation for most people, they're going to stick between 20 and 35 grams uh, of fiber. If you do more than that, you know, it's kind of, I always give the example of like a bird's nest inside of your stomach, right? It kind of slows things down, which is important if you have a fast metabolism. If you have a slow metabolism, you have to be really careful. Um, you know, if you get too much fiber, you know, you might not be having, you know, regular trips to the bathroom. You know, you might be several days without going to the bathroom bathroom. That regularity is super important. So fiber does play a role in many different things. And it's also how they, you know, when you see those sugar-free or calorie-free things, they're substituting the sugars with fibers because they're not all digested. About half of them will be digested and half won't be. That's interesting. I never knew that. And the last two items, not typically that are on the back of any label are sugar and sodium. What are those two? Yeah. So sugars are part of the carbohydrate mix as alcohol is part of a carbohydrate mix. It actually has its own macronutrient profile, which is seven calories per gram, but all sugars are carbohydrates. When they're listed separately, it's simple sugars. I believe in 2018, in the beginning of the year, they mandated it that included added sugars be on the label. So you can understand how much sugar is originally coming from the food group that you have, and then from its processing, it'll tell you how much sugar was added. Gotcha. And typically added sugars are going to be the worst sugars, high fructose corn syrup, these things are not found naturally in food. Um, and so the additives to there, you have to be careful when you're consuming these because a lot of sugars create a lot of inflammation in your body. If you do know Maverick, you know, he has inflammation. So when he came to me and he was 129 pounds, he ate a lot of candy and he'd always complain about his stomach hurting or his joints hurting or acid reflux and these kind of things. And you have an autoimmune response that responds to those carbohydrates. And if you have too many of the wrong sugars in your body, it creates a lot of inflammation. Um, that creates a lot of issues. 100%. And then what about sodium then? Yeah. So sodium has its function and it's one of its most important function is muscle contraction. So a lot of people think sodium is a bad thing, but the reason why sodium has a bad rap is because it's found in things that are processed, right? So fast foods, you know, have a lot of sodium preserved foods, you know, boxed and frozen foods in your grocery store because they use it as a preservative, but it doesn't need to have a bad rap as long as you're drinking enough water. And a water recommendation for most people is between a half gallon, you know, if you're between 100 and 140 pounds, and I would say try to get up to a gallon between the 140 plus. Um, and then you're always going to fall in that factor, but don't do that all in one day, you know, taper that up, make sure that you don't just try to chug, you know, a half gallon of water in the next day. If you only drink two water bottles a day, make sure that comes in a taper. So I'm glad you brought up water. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important for people to drink water? I know people drink pop and coffee. I don't drink any of that. It's just, I don't like it. The only thing I do drink here and there sometimes is tea, but I drink water. I drink, I called you the other day, actually. I was like, yep. yeah, how much water should I be drinking? Cause I was getting sick and tired of running up and down the stairs to fill up my water bottle. So I just ordered the, one of those big, big ass. Jugs. Yeah. yeah. So why is it so important that a person does drink water? Yeah. So every metabolic and every function, every cell in your body requires water. I mean, 70% of your body is water you know, making sure that you have an equal flow of that. It's that trust system that we talked about. So if you're getting, you know, the recommended, you know, amount of water you're drinking every single day, then your body can trust you and it can have all the processes run fluidly, right? It's like oil in a car, right? If your oil's old and it's not been changed and you haven't been taking care of it, your engine's not going to work optimally. And same thing with your body. Um, and the reason why that bigger water bottle works so well, if you have water in front of you all day, you're going to drink more and you're going to drink as much as your body would need just by having it in front of you. So if you're not a person that carries around a water bottle with you, make sure that you try it. If you just have it physically with you, you will drink more water. That's amazing advice. And that's definitely true. And 
you know, I used to go through water bottles and water bottles and now I switched to the refilling and it's way better because, okay, it was nice to see how much water you were drinking, but with the big jugs, you can go on Amazon. They're super cheap and it's nice. Sadly, before I ask you our last question of the interview, I want you to tell all of the listeners again how they can contact you. Yeah, so the best contact for me is definitely on social media. My Instagram is Jeremy DeSantis with an underscore right in the middle. Can you spell that out for them? Yeah, it's J-E-R-E-M-Y underscore DeSantis, D-E-S-A-N-T-I-S. And then my email once again is J-R-E-M-Z fit f-i-t at gmail.com and both of those are great ways to contact me i'll get back to you probably within the day now jeremy i ask all my guests that come on this show and i know you're still in your 20s and i hate to say it you might be creeping up on your late 20s a little <laughs> bit talk about that <laughs> <laughs> but what do you wish you knew about life in general it doesn't have to be pertaining to fitness it could but what do you wish you knew in your early 20s Honestly, the best advice that I wish I could have had when I was younger, I just didn't have the resources at the time or the money to spend on a trainer, but I still could have picked their brain. And I was just that kind of kid that was, you know, I'll be all right. I'll figure it out myself. And I wish I would have asked more questions in the beginning. So I wish I would have sought professional help. Um, and there's a lot more help out there now that, you know, nutrition is on the rise and, you know, the science and backing behind it is only increasing and there's more people interested in it. So you can get more valid answers. And I wish I would have asked more better questions. You know, the reason why Maverick has this podcast and why it's so great is because it answers the things that people typically just try to learn on their own, but they never ask the right questions for early enough. So I think that's why this podcast is going to be so successful and is so successful is because it's going to teach you the things that you need to know when you need to know them. And it's not too late because that was my mistake. I learned it too late. You know, I was, I made the trials and errors by myself and it took me probably three or four years extra to run through those mistakes and then learn from them and then be able to apply them and give those advice to other people. Jeremy, I thank you so much for coming on the show after we finish this recording, we're going to go hang out for the rest of the day, which we haven't done in so long Absolutely. because I'm not in East Lansing anymore. I'm finishing school virtually from home. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for changing my life. Thank you for enabling me to have the body and the strength that I have today. And I owe it all to you and to Lance. So thank you so much. And we'll definitely need to check in soon. And good luck at those shows. Thank you, Maverick. I really appreciate having you on this podcast. And hopefully this year's the year I can make it to the pro league. So yeah, we're going to shoot for it. So yes, sir. We'll need a check-in. Mm-hmm. You got it. As you can see, Jeremy is a leader in his industry. He is one of the best of the best. This podcast, you might think, focuses on things that you know are more business related than not. But I'm here to cover everything that's not taught in school. And health is so important. And yes, you have PE class and you might have like an education class that teaches you about the body, but you're not learning, you know, protein, calories, fat, fiber. You're not really actually learning all of these things and understanding how it works. And that's why I wanted to bring Jeremy on the show. He's transformed my life. As he said, I had some stomach problems. We've taken care of them. I feel like a whole different person. I feel like a better person. Jeremy is the real deal. He cares about his clients. He cares about everyone. Just if you see him in the gym, and I've been with him plenty of times, someone's like, hey, can I ask you this question? He's going to answer it. And he knows what the hell he's talking about. Most importantly, you might see some personal trainers at a gym and they don't really know what they're talking about. And you may not know that. But again, make sure you're doing your due diligence. Make sure you trust the person that you're trusting with your body, with your confidence, with your strength, with your self-image. 
all of these things. And please, I talk about the importance of saving money. The importance of health is the same, if not greater, because there's no person to save money if your health isn't good, right? You need to focus on your health. You need to make sure you're maintaining yourself in a proper way so that you can continue to live a healthy life, be there with your family, with your friends, and you'll feel better. You'll feel like a great person. That's my little rant about working out because as you can see, I have a passion for it because of how much it's changed my life. Thank you all for listening to the show. And if you didn't catch Jeremy's contact information or you just want an easier place to access it, check out the podcast website, tbotbpod.com. You can find all of his contact info there. Stay healthy, stay strong, and always lead by example. This is the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success.